Hello, everyone. This is Debbie Happy Cohen with the Sassy Southern Yankee podcast. I'm the founder of joybaseliving.com, and today we have a really special evening planned out for you. Um, as you know, since the corona started, um, we moved the Sassy Southern Yankee into season two, and we made it available for uh, for parents and for people who care uh, care for children and mainly moms, we we in fact use the keyword lioness. And who's we? We is me. I'm, I've been a coach for about twenty years, and I have a master's degree in counseling. And my really dear friend Michelle Stone, and she is an artist and an art teacher and um, a therapist. She teaches, she leads class in, classes in art <laughs> therapy. Sorry, I, I better like make that clear. Um, and, and so the, the reason tonight's really special is because um, there's someone else I've known for a few years who is an amazing teacher. And she is bilingual and she's been teaching for many years. And um, a couple of summers ago, she and I created a curriculum for teachers on emotional literacy, and we called it Connection Superhero. So before I even go any further, I want, but I want you to know where, you, where you'll be able to access us. This is episode 56, and if you go to joybaseliving.com, if you click Lioness in the main menu... And you just, you know, scroll down, you'll see a bunch of episodes that me and Michelle have done. If you go to the search bar at the very bottom and type in episode 56, then um, you'll land right on this page, which if we mention, we will mention URLs or artwork or whatever, um, affirmations and things you can put on your wall, posters for your kids. Um, it'll be on that page. Um, also, we have the URL called connectionsuperhero.com connectionsuperhero.com so there's a few ways to land at the page that we're going to be talking about um i th i think that's like kind of the the housekeeping that we like to say right up front so that you all know how to access things that we talk about while we're in the middle of the conversation now here's the thing when i was like 10 years old my favorite song was Another Brick in the Wall. That's how much I liked school. I always felt like I was in prison, never resonated with it. And when I became a teacher, I was a Hebrew school teacher and I used to get teacher of the year awards because the kids loved me because I really cared about making it fun. What I didn't know at the time is that I was bringing a ton of social, so, uh, emotional literacy into the conversation kind of naturally, intuitively. And we want you to have that game um, for your family. We want, I, I don't know any parent who doesn't want more than anything else in the world for their kids to be happy. Like, I, like, I mean, you have to be like really twisted. Okay, I do. I know some twisted parents, but I don't really know them. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, really think about think about the parents that you know. Do you know anybody who wants anything less than happiness for, for your kids? 
Well, one of the things that we've discovered is that when people have so, uh, so um, emotional literacy under their belt, if you hear me struggling with my words, it's because there's a phrase called social emotional learning, but it's a, and, and Kristen Bell actually used it on the Ellen show today. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's getting out there. But Amy Gregory is, is a teacher and um, she has been using that with her kids with our curriculum, but we like calling it emotional literacy because it's a little bit easier for, for teachers and for kids to go, oh yeah, I want, I want to have that. So what I thought we would do is I would just throw the conversation on the table and um, we wanted to share with you a couple of personal stories about why emotional literacy is important for you through our eyes and how it's touched our lives personally. Um, everything about joy-based living is about emotional literacy. And we want you to have connections that are so deep that your happiness gets multiplied in your homes and with your kids for them and for you and for your futures. So I hope I did good with that introduction. If there's anything I missed, I wrote, a, I wrote a book called It's All About Kids. Every Child Deserves a Teacher of the Year, just to offer some credibility right out there um, that if you're like, who are these people? We all have a lot of experience with kids. So with that, the baton is on the table. <laughs> you're so silly. I know. Um. If I'll I'll go, okay. Um, so and that's Michelle Michelle Stone. Oh yeah 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 Michelle Stone the whatever the therapeutic art life coach. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you like, very oh, much. I know that I forgot <laughs> what the title was. Um, no, so I've been teaching um, kids for for like twenty years and teaching art to them and um, in in the last. I don't know, last several years I've gotten more into, it's always been like a therapeutic kind of component for me, but it's been in the last several years where I've done it deliberately with other people and, and children. And so, and most primarily um, my 14 year old teenager. And so when, and just to kind of give some context in regards to emotional literacy, and, and I think it's Brene Brown that says that, um, that the average person only can talk about like three to four of their feelings. What what is it's like three, right, Debbie? Yeah, that if you ask them what they're feeling, they'll usually say like angry, mad, or like happy, angry, sad, or something like it's very, very basic. Yeah, very, very basic stuff. And so you know the descriptions of what they're feeling. And so emotional literacy is like delving into those deeper feelings of you know like am I frustrated? Am I uh, you know, do I feel glee at the moment? Am I feeling, um, you know, anguish or hurt or, uh, you know, just like like those those deeper layers that are underneath. That is truly what emotional literacy is. And, and I know by me practicing it with my son that it's really helped him in, in a lot of different ways and being able to communicate with his friends. And it's something that he doesn't even realize or recognize in his own self. Um, but, you know, in, in regards to uh, communicating with me, I'm able to ask him, you know, what are you feeling? What do you, you know, what are the thoughts? And, and if he just gives me a, well, you know, I'm, I'm mad. Okay, well, what are you mad about? And then, you know, I'm able to do the layers. 
and he's able to go there and it's it, it helps him kind of tap into a, a deeper sense of itself and so and i know that amy you've had a lot of wonderful experiences well, wait a minute wait a minute wait, 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 wait. don't don't jump don't jump <laughs> when like when 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 your son is able to communicate what he's feeling i just want to like i want this to be really real for the parent or the teacher who's on the other end of this to go oh my gosh i get it okay so when, when he's able to be really real with you i'm going to take a leap and say that what that allows to happen is for the pressure cooker of suppressed emotion to not have to be a pressure cooker and for him to just be able to communicate here's what I need or here's what I want because here's what I'm feeling right now and then you can negotiate from there which when you talk about negotiating that's not violent I think violence happens in families and rejection and upset happens in families when emotions aren't when there is not emotional literacy, can you, can you talk about that a little bit, Michelle, because that's the real stuff, like what happened today and what you witnessed and experienced because it spoke volumes. So, okay. Yeah. When, um, when, when, when he's able to articulate what he feels, he and I have a better relationship because as an adult, someone who, practices emotional literacy I and and sometimes you know I I don't know all the the deep deep layers of it but I have a pretty good idea of of at least you know I could I could do maybe 10 or 12 throughout the day um and so and I could I'm sure I could even go deeper than that but so but when my son has this type of emotional literacy he's able to come to me with questions of mom you know, what about this? I'm, I'm feeling this way. What about that? And so the example that Debbie had mentioned is um, my son has a, a, a new female friend in his life. And he, um, he just had a birthday. And so, you know, he received some, some really nice presents from this, this particular friend in his life. And it was thinking about, you know, you know her birthday's coming up in a few months and I'm I'm thinking about you know getting her something and what are your thoughts and I was like okay so tell me what you're considering and so he did and um and without without revealing it he got very specific with you he did even even down to particular colors and stuff like that right yeah I was able to say okay so tell me a little bit about what she likes and he was able to say, oh, well, she likes these colors and she likes these that, you know, she leans toward this. And it was funny because he was even like, wow, mom, you even, you know, because we were looking through um, some books. And he was, he was even like, mom, what about this for you? You know, you like this. And I was like, yeah, I do like that. And he's like, thank you very much for, you know. But he was able to say, you know, she's she's kind and she's considerate and she's turning this age. And so I could put, you know, I could get this for her, this particular thing in regards to her age. Or I could get, you know, just like he was being very specific. And so and I was asking him, OK, so what what are the feelings that you're feeling? You know, are is it are, is it? caring is it and I know that that um 
Amy's bilingual with Spanish and English. And so I'm going to go a little bit Spanish real quick. Um, you know, and for Spanish, there's several different ways to say I love you. And one is I love you like te quiero. And then te amo is like I would I would die for you kind of thing. And there's like so, you know, there's there's so he was kind of determining between that, you know, like I really care for her. And I really, um, you know, just he was just he was able to go into, and I can't articulate it right now, but he was able to like really go there with me. And we had a, a beautiful conversation in regards to it. And if he hadn't known about the emotional literacy, I don't think he would have been able to go there. He would have been like, mom, you know, my friend has this coming up and I just want to do something. And, you know, what are your thoughts? And, and, and I wouldn't have been able to say, well, what about this? And, and right. And you said what touched me, Michelle, was when you said, I was so proud that he Mm -hmm. had noticed her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Based, right. Yeah. Like, like he really touched you. Oh, it did. It did. He, the way he was describing it is he tuned into who she is. He tuned into what kind of a person she is, what her likes are, what her dislikes are, what she does for herself. Um, And based upon what she does for herself, he wanted to do something beyond that, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, and and so he was just really in tune with who she is as a person Mm -hmm. and how he wanted to reflect that back to her in, in what he got for her for this occasion. Right. So, yeah, it was beautiful. It was, it, it made me very proud and very honored to be his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And that touched me and I wanted that to be, I wanted that, like, I think every, every good parent wants that for their kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like to be, to feel proud that they can have a healthy relationship or they can, you know, have, have, that their that their work in the world is meaningful because they can work with others well, you know that kind of a thing. Like that's yeah. the real stuff. Well, and just like you said, you know, like having a relationship with other people, um, that's so important because the teens these days. I was just reading an article, not an article. I was reading um, part of my Daring Greatly book by Brene Brown, mm-hmm. and. She was talking about um, how her daughter Ellen was in middle school and every kid in her observation was that every child in Ellen's school um, wore a hoodie mm-hmm. and that it was almost like the, the, uh, in, the invisible cloak, you oh. know, where you, you know, you just all kind of want to blend in and nobody wants to stand out. And, you know, when you have this kind of, of, of interaction when you're teaching your children these types of things, they're more liable to to stand up and not be in that, you know, not cover themselves with that invisible cloak to, to you know, hey, no, wait, I do feel this. And they're more liable to have boundaries mm-hmm. and, and understand what their wants and needs are because they can name them. Right. So. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. So huge. And so, Amy, we spent an entire summer working out a curriculum of 20 full-bodied lessons, and you were just so 
brilliant at making it like so that all the child would have to do is, you know, fill in this blank or do this small piece of art because you knew that as a teacher, you would have to be squeezing it in in the middle of very, very busy days. And we took so much of this philosophy and really brought it down into the classroom. And now we're like, you know what? There is no reason that parents couldn't be doing this with their kids. Mm-hmm. And, and so Amy, I would love for you to talk about like, what was your experience like in creating that curriculum and like, what, why did it mean so much to you to put so much care into having this available um, for, for classrooms and now for parents? Like, what is it that touches your heart about it? Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's something that I didn't have growing up. I didn't have emotional literacy and, and therefore I couldn't teach it to my kids. And I didn't start learning about it until much later in life. And I just know that I would have had a much easier time as a kid. And I think I would have become a, you know, much more self-sufficient, um, self, um, self-compassionate adult had I had these tools. And, um, and you know that uh, children don't learn well. Nobody learns well when you're, when you're traumatized, when you're not feeling at ease and safe. And so it's so important to feel safe and to create that safe space in the classroom. And, you know, there's, there's a movement called the, the social emotional learning movement and everybody um, incorporates it into their class. And, you know, we try to teach kids to be polite and respectful and how to deal with each other and how to, you know, self-regulate. Most classrooms now have, you know, the cool down corner or the safe spot where you try to teach the kids if they're having a moment to go, you know, sit quietly in the corner and reflect on something, you you know, put something there for them to kind of help them process their emotions or, um, you know, a stuffed animal or a pillow or something. And so in addition to, to that, I, you know, you and I had worked through a lot of um, hard stuff dealing with, you know, shame. And, um, and so we, we, we wanted to work that into the curriculum and wait how, a minute, wait a minute, yeah. let me just say for the listener, we didn't work through shame because we were feeling shamed with each other. We no, worked through no. shame as, as part of the curriculum at Joy Base Living for having self-care and having self-connection. So we had had a couple years under our belt of really being in deep study of on the topic of shame and how important it is to have that topic not hiding in the shadows. Okay, mm. back to Amy. Right. <laughs> right. So you, you know, you want to learn to identify the shame and um, you know one of our our favorite teachers Brené Brown has you know, uh, many, many of her talks, she focuses on the difference between shame and um, guilt. And, um, and so that's, that's, you know, a, an important concept to, to teach the kids that they're, if they're, if they're being shamed, you want to identify it and, and, and learn how to reflect it, you know, or if they even now, feel, even if they feel shamed, even if they're not being shamed, for them to be able to recognize it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. And so that, you know, is a huge part of our curriculum that I think, you know, is, is different than some of the other curriculums that are available out there. And, and um, so when I started working through it with, with my fourth graders this year, um, they, they were very receptive to, you know, the concept of, you know, what, what's the, what's the difference between guilt and shame? And as Brene Brown says, um, if, see if I can get this right. Um, uh, <laughs> guilt says I made a mistake. Shame says I am a mistake. Yep. Mm, so, yeah. 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 And so to learn the difference when they're feeling, you know, those two different things. Right. And, yeah. I just think it's, it's, it's so important for kids to, to be able to recognize that and to, to be able to, you know, be um, resilient in, in the face of feeling shame for whatever the reason. That is, it's, and how did your kids take to that in the classroom with the fourth graders? What was that, what was the experience like for you as, as their teacher? They, they, they could name, you know, some of those situations we were trying to get them to, to, uh, to work through, um, you know, what you might, you might feel a constant shame if you have, uh, you know, a big brother who, uh, I don't want to use the word bully because it gets mm-hmm. overused sometimes, but um, you know, who, who treats you badly and um, never has anything nice to you, you might develop this, you know, shame complex. And, and um, so, and I think some of them had a little bit of that going on and they, they, you could, you could see the little wheels running, you know, around in their head as they were processing it and they would, um, you know, identify the difference between guilt. Oh, you know, I, I spilled something or I broke something. Well, that's, that's not a reason to feel shame. That's guilty. And I'll clean it up and I'll say, I'm sorry. And then as opposed to, um, you know, feeling like you're just not any good as a person for whatever reason. And so I, we have you know several scenarios like that so they can tell the difference between shame and guilt Well, and, yeah. and they were getting it. That is really cool. Well, I, I'm just picturing, you know, okay, so a kid drops something and breaks it, and maybe another kid in the classroom, like, gives them this kind of look that makes them feel like dirt, you know, and that's like, you are bad, uh-huh. and, you know, and being like a healthy kid will be able to work through that and go, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Where, where a kid who's not as resilient will take will will internalize that because maybe they're used to treating themselves that way because they've seen that often or they felt that way often right you mm-hmm. know and so bringing that to the table and going okay we're not going to have this in hiding I think erases a percentage of that happening right or a percentage of the kid taking it in like oh no 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 i am not a bad human being i dropped something i made a mistake i can fix that yeah and and so i was just looking at some of the posters we created really cute posters for the classrooms that which parents could like easily print out for the kids um for the home for the fridge or for the bedroom or whatever and one of them that I love has got like, you know, like the road signs that say like, you know, no trespassing or whatever it there's, it says shame. And there's like, uh, we'll, we'll put these up at, at our, uh, if you go to connectionsuperhero.com, it'll be, it'll take you to our joybaseliving.com page, 
where you can find the information, but it says, let's make, uh, let's make our classroom a no shame zone. Mm-hmm. And um, what, you know, this leads me to where we're going here with homeschool parents. What we want to do is um, offer this curriculum to parents to purchase it. And what we want to offer to you parents is a homeschooling parent support group for people, for parents who are working through this curriculum. Because what we realize is that a topic like shame you can't just talk about it the way you talk about math. Two plus two is not equal four with shame because a lot of times you, if you just even mention the word people like emotionally scurry away and, or they get defensive or upset just hearing the word. And we felt like we wanted to offer support for parents who have the courage to engage even the word shame. And, and what we wanted to do is to, to make it that because we, when we designed this curriculum, we designed it for classrooms, like things like this, like let's make our classroom a no shame zone. We wanted to go through the curriculum with a few parents and then design it and re- just reshape it a little bit to match your needs, including changing the poster for you. Mm-hmm. And, and uh-huh. say, you know, so that it would say, let's make our home a no shame zone, which is uh-huh. like, kind of fun. And um, so what we what we're offering is that if you purchase the curriculum, then we will you will be the first to know about the parent support group that we will create this summer. Um, the phrase that pays here, if I can if I can find it, I keep switching pages around here, um, is we want you parents to feel like superheroes. That's why we're calling it Connection Superhero. We want the kids to feel like superheroes. And we want 2020 to be a summer of empowerment for you and your kids. And when you're not afraid to look at a feeling that could actually be running the software of your relationship, and you look at it straight in the face, guess what? It scurries away. And then you get to have closeness and joy with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's how this, this became part of joy-based living. So um, so anyway, that poster just reminded me to say all that. Um, <laughs> and I, I can't think of, a, did I miss something? Should, should something else be said about it? And, and so if you purchase it, I think it's $50 right now. For the curriculum it's got 20 lessons in it that are very specific and any parent who has any English literacy can actually go through the whole thing and actually apply it to their kids immediately you don't need the support group to do that but we felt like anybody who's engaging these kind of topics is is worthy of having support and giving support to each other um, so you're not alone in it um, I think one of the questions, if I was a parent, I'd be wondering is how old this is for like around fourth grade, third grade, second grade, fifth grade is fine. Um, you could even go a little bit older, a little bit younger, depending on the maturity level of your kids. But this puts you in the driver's seat of your kid's emotional education. And just think of how much therapy money they will save as a result of this. Because <laughs> Oh, absolutely. My master's degree is in marriage and family therapy. And do you know that the beginning of 
uh, like the thing that takes up the most amount of sessions is emotional literacy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's like, and you spend 150 bucks to uh, and up for a decent therapist and you could do it right here and have immediate impact. So like the, one of the, the little girl that I saw on, on the show today with Ellen, um, I didn't see the little girl. I saw Kristen Bell, who's the actress talking about how her daughter had left her a little note by her bed that said, mom, you are the best home teacher. And it was because they were her teacher online was teaching the kids emotional literacy. And that was part of it. And I just thought that was really mushy. And so, um, Amy, just so that we give a, a, like a little bit, like a wider view as well. We do talk about shame. We kind of build into that, you know, shame and guilt and all that. But I think one of the other things that we do in a really big way is we get the kids, we have cows all over everything and we get the kids and to sign a sheet of paper that we have printed out and every, that we have created that you would print out that says I'm making a commitment to, to, you know, to show up at my best with, for myself and others. Those aren't the exact words. To but, make the uh, best, this year, the best year ever. This year, the best year ever. Right. And the reason for the cow is because um, we, we at Joy-Based Living, we say that the cow stands for container of worthiness. And so one of the practices that goes on in the classroom that Amy, I don't know if you had a chance to get to this year because I know that you have been so squeezed with time and then the corona happened. But did, did you have a chance to bring in any of the um, activities that, um, that encourage the kids to offer honor and appreciation to each other or to you? Yes, we did. We, have, um, we went through a couple of the, the Feed the Cow sessions. And again, uh, CAL stand is the acronym for Container of Worthiness. So, you know, we talk about how to um, build up each other's sense of worthiness and, and we give them uh, sentence stems, you know, as, as, as linguistic support for those, uh, especially, you know, my students who are dual language, they're, they're learning English. And, um, and it's just, it's good for any kid to have, uh, you know, a, a well-structured sentence to then add their, their um, um, original um, part onto, but, you know, just, you know, tell them, um, show your, tell your classmates, um, I, I really value you because, or you really inspire me because, or you really inspire me when, and, and let them finish those sentences in a way that is meaningful to them. And um, we had, we had a little, an idea that they could put these little um, encouragements, pieces of encouragement on pieces of paper that could be, you know, strips of hay and then you are strips of gas, grass, because I guess cows really feed, eat grass, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and so really we would, cute. <laughs> you know, feed them to the grass and they would, they would put these little bits of encouragement on the grass and we would feed them to the cow. Right. But uh, so what my students got really uh, tickled pink this year about just writing little notes. And so little note cards, I, um, there was, you know, a sale that one of the before schools sales had, you know, get three, dude, three, get buy one, get buy buy one, get two, three of these packs of 500 cards and envelopes. So guess what, Amy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 50 cards and envelopes. Um, 
And so the kids were really enjoying writing, you know, in a, on a nice uh, note card and putting it in an envelope and addressing them and, and, you know, delivering them to, to people in their home and people in their, their classmates. And um, just, they, they loved, they loved feeding the cow. They loved saying encouraging things to their classmates. It's just, it was one of our favorite ways to spend Friday afternoons. Oh, I know I'm going to put you on the spot here and you might not remember a specific thing, but if you do, was there a, like, a, cause I could feel it. I can feel it, Amy. I can feel the joy in that, in those moments. Was there any particular moment or even like, even a broad stroke of what the experience was like for you? Because I don't think it's, a normal it's the new normal that we're creating but for kids to to give kind notes to each other and it's not valentine's day like what was that like what kind of examples did you see see if you can give us details in any way well nothing you know nothing earth-shattering as far as expressing uh really sophisticated feelings because again these were these are fourth graders and they're English language learning fourth graders, mm -hmm. but, um, but they just, they just got so into the activity. Like, you know, I thought, you know, I'll give them all a card and they'll, they'll write it out and then we'll move on to the next part mm -hmm. of what we have to do. No, they, that I mean, they, there was about half the class who didn't even ask me. They just kept coming over to the package and getting another <laughs> note card and going back and sitting down and writing another note. And there were, and, and you know, of course it's the girls who are really into this, but, but not, uh, but it didn't, we didn't leave the guys out cause they were, they were doing it as well. But some of the girls had written 10 or 12 notes in 15 minutes. Mm. <laughs> And, um, I, you know, and I got, a, I was the recipient of a few of these notes and it was, they were just so sweet. And I, I, I really cherish one in particular that says, Miss Gregory, you're my favorite teacher because you're always there. And, you know, that was just mm -hmm. a very sweet thing. I, I do really try not to be absent, right? <laughs> because I know these, you know, it's, it just, it makes life easier in everybody if you're not absent. So I really try hard and, and to know that, that I, that that was noticed by one of my students. I thought that was pretty neat. Mm. And then yeah. Amy, I never really made this connection, but a few weeks later, you sent me the most beautiful card with an angel and, and like a, a thing I could hang on a tree or it's in the joy based living village now. And it really touched, like, it was the sweetest thank you note. I have it sitting on my desk, like, right next to me, like, within arm's distance. Yeah, I think that was back in February, because I remember where I picked it up. It was actually, well, yeah. some of your listeners may may have heard, um, um, oh, God, I'm blanking out of her name right now, but I just saw it earlier today. Um, our, the The... The transformational teacher who was running for president. What's her name? Oh, um, no, not Louise. Um, Marianne Williamson. Yeah, Marianne Williamson. I had just heard Marianne Williamson talk, and she had been so inspirational. And so I was at a, a gift gift shop in a, a Unity Church, and it was they had this really, you know, really nice things there. But I remember picking it up there, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that was you know that was getting close to spring break, and we. Mm -hmm. 
we had probably been doing a lot of feeding the cow about then. So I was probably riding the wave of, wave of the kids and they're feeding the cows. Like, yeah, let me buy some cards for people. <laughs> well, you know, cow. it's it's funny because because it just it came to me like out of the blue, so to speak, because like when you're in teaching mode with the classrooms, I like don't expect to really hear from you very much because you're either revving up or you're coming down from the week. And uh-huh. and so when we do talk, it's a real treat, you know, and then we, you know, so so and I hadn't even thought about the card until you just like shared how juiced up the kids were about it's like it sounds like there's a phrase that that has come up for me in the last couple years and it's um hungry to give Uh uh-huh and and like to give at that level like i think that like i have felt that hunger when let's say a lot of people around me are real busy because everybody's spinning their wheels, blah, 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 blah. And I want to give something and I can't because there's no room because there's no time. And when you know that a piece of your love has been delivered to somebody else, there's a satisfaction in that, that nothing else can replace. And I feel like what you were just describing with the kids was like they got to feel that hunger satiated. That we're not just all consumers as we're trained to believe in some ways, you know? That right. We, that we love giving. And your description of that just really touched me. And I was thinking about how Brene Brown talks about how she had to go to the business sector first and teach these concepts over there because that's where people are spending most of their time is at work. But that what's most important, but that has to kind of come second just because of the nature of our schedules is, is the, is the children. And, and so now that parents are at home with their children what do you see as possible, Amy? What do you, what are your hopes for this curriculum within the home for homeschool families, for homeschool parents and kids? Well, now that we've done in my district, we've done seven weeks, we're in week seven of, of what are we going to call it? The uh, social distancing online learning. Yeah. Um, and you know, and we really, we didn't have a chance to, to really train the kids on the technology they would need to do this before we disbanded for spring break. Right. Um, we had just been given a classroom set of Chromebooks maybe two weeks before that. So um, we were, we were far from being one-to-one, um, uh, you know, devices um, before that. And um, even though I had, you know, tried to work in some technology lessons, they just were not prepared. And, and so now what I'm seeing is, and I think this is true everywhere, you know, they they just, they don't, they don't know how to get navigate, navigate Google classroom. Um, you know, and we're spending all our time coaching kids on how to, to navigate through Google classroom and they can't, they're not able to, um, to, to give full attention to an, an assignment or a learning activity and they can't, they're not able to do it by themselves. You know, they're just, you know, in the classroom, we would say, okay, here's, here's, here's our learning goal for the day. I'm going to show you how to do it. Then we're going to do it together. 
-hmm. then you're going to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't really do that on Google Classroom unless you're, you know, recording a video for every single lesson you're putting Mm -hmm. up there. And um, so, so what we're, what we're seeing is that only the kids who have the, the luxury, the blessing of having a parent at home who can, uh, you know, read the instructions with them and sit down and help them figure out how to navigate all this technology. They're the only ones who are really, who are really getting any benefit at all out of this online learning. I think, you know, if, if, if we can say one thing that everybody hopefully is getting is perseverance, <laughs> We're mm. perseverance, right? You know, mm. stick to it, you know, keep clicking, keep, keep digging. You'll, you'll eventually learn how to do this, but um, it's, it, it has been incredibly challenging and it's, it's incredibly isolating. And I have heard of school districts who they're actually trying to duplicate the school day online and actually have the kids on the same you know, timetable mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. in a classroom. And that's just not realistic. You can't, I mean, I'm tired at the, uh, when the weekend rolls around, my, I have eyes strained and I know I've been looking at the screen too long and, and I feel isolated and I feel alone. And, you know, so you, you, you have to, you have to try to build in activities that will get the kids interacting with their family and helping around the house. And, you know, we've tried choice boards and, you know, you know help your mom prepare a meal or, um, have, uh, pair up all the mixed ma- mismatched socks for your mom or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but what, what I do love to see is when there's a parent at home taking the time to walk the kids through this. And, and sometimes, you know, it's only on the weekend or only at night after the parents through with their work day that these, you know, learning activities are getting done with the kid. And so you see, um, you know, my, my partner teacher is the science teacher. And so, you know, I see the science experiments getting filmed and being posted. And, and you know that, that this was a good learning experience for both of them. They shared the experience that it was, it was really, you know, an aha moment for both of them. Like I'm just thinking of one kid who did a separating an egg, you know, the yolk from the white. Did we say white or did we say clear in English? I forget. We say white. The, the yolk. White. So separating the yolk from the white. With a with it just a, a soda bottle, right? You just kind of expel oh, the yeah. the air, mm-hmm. and put it on the yolk, and suck it out of the white. It's really cool. And so they were they were just they were laughing and they were having a good time when they did that. And I've seen another couple of exper- oh, we have a experiment where um, to to uh, exemplify how important it is to wash your hands, mm-hmm. that you put a little bowl of water and you put uh, pepper flakes floating around. And you stick your finger in and nothing happens to the pepper flakes. But if you rub a little bit of soap on your finger and you put it in the pepper flakes, they go whoop, to the edges of the bowl, right? Really? And so, yeah, oh, yeah, try it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so the kids go, oh my, and the look on their fi- face is just, oh my gosh, it's so priceless. They're, they're just always shocked. And they make the connection. Oh, that's why we have to wash our hands because the soap makes the germs go away, away from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's so, cool. To, see, to see that kind of uh, bonding between the parent and the kid in that shared experience, um, you know that that those people who have the great good fortune of being able to homeschool um, are you know have this at their disposal that they can they can incorporate lessons that um, are you know intended to to develop not only science and math and reading but but also emotional literacy at the same time 
and and just you know you really use it to to come closer and to have shared experiences and so that's that's what I see is is the potential of what we've created and being able to adapt it to to those parents who want to use it at home in their homeschooling experience. Nice. I want to read a quote from Gabor Mate that um, that I think can like bring this together. And you've mentioned you you mentioned a couple things just now that uh that made me remember because i was going to do this up front and i forgot to and then you said the word safety um i wonder what when I, when I think about the word safety i think man people have so many different ideas of what safety means and what that feels like and what what i want this quote to help do is to help bring it home for parents about how to create safety, not according to the parent's definition, but according to the kid's definition, uh-huh. right? So um, so here, here's what we wrote. According to one of our favorite teachers, doc, Dr. Gabor Mate, who, who uh, has written books on addiction and he's a medical doctor, um, in infancy and in relationship, safety isn't about a lack of a threat. It's about how well connected the other person feels with you. Lack of a threat doesn't make infants feel safe. For them to feel safe, they have to feel held, not just physically, but emotionally. Lack of being held and lack of feeling safe underlies all trauma. And I'm gonna read that sentence again. Lack of being held and lack of feeling safe underlies all trauma. And sometimes I feel like Amy, like I, I think I think I must have said this a hundred times while we were doing the curriculum. Like, in some ways, this is stuff that is so obvious because once you feel it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is how this is how it's supposed to be. But it's like we've become trained away from what we really need to where we have to be retrained to what we really need. It's kind of like stay hydrated, wash your hands, stay hydrated. We know this. Like, especially, you know, if you're thirsty, drink water. But I think that when it comes to safety, if, if parents are going to create that for the kids, parents need to know what it is that creates lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that information can put any parent on 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 much better footing because you know I remember when I first had a bird like a like a parrot and I was like nineteen when I got my first parrot and I was like so mean to that bird and I was so neglectful to that bird. And by no. the time I was, I didn't realize it. I like, I would yell, but he would squawk and I would yell and blah, blah, blah. Like, and then I realized he liked me yelling. Like, and like, <laughs> it was like, he did like the louder I yelled, the more he would yell. But then I didn't change his water often enough for him to have baths because I didn't know that birds needed baths. I just didn't know. I didn't know that parrots needed baths. I was, I was just so clueless. 
And then by the mm. time I got my third parrot, the third parrot was a, uh, so this first parrot ended up plucking a lot of his feathers out. I felt so bad for him. By the time I got the third one, I had already been like an avid reader of parrot magazines and I had gotten some parrot training and I felt like the biggest jerk. I was just like, I was so mean. And, and the third bird like was a big, like a, uh, the first one was a, a Quaker parrot. So maybe the size of your hand. The, the, the third bird was a, um, an African gray and they can like you can end up in a hospital if they bite you so (laughs) like like I became a little bit more of an expert by then but but like I felt so bad for not having learned right with with the first one and and I think in this case like what you were saying Amy about you know I wish I had learned this for me I wish the same thing like, I wish I, I got a master's degree in counseling so I could learn these things, uh-huh. you know, and, but, but that's not like a blame to our parents. That is to say they did the best they could with what they had. And now we're at a place where in order to survive, in order to thrive in our current world, it's not about how much information we have because all the information's up at Google pretty much. Um, it's about how well connected we, we are with each mm-hmm. other and how mm-hmm. well we're able to connect with others. And that's going to be the currency that that is starting to be the currency now. And so this is this is like this is like about self-esteem, how well you're able to put your own self-worth in your own hands, promote yourself online. I mean, if you're not online naming who you are, and what you do, it's almost like you don't exist. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of self-esteem and a lot of support to deal with what if people bully me? What if people don't like me? You know, and how to be your real self to have real connection. And, and I'm saying it that way because I think if, if I think a lot of parents hear that better than they hear, let's say, intimacy and connection in relationships, why is that important? It will directly affect your kid's success in life financially and in relationships oh absolutely Mm -hmm. i feel like we've covered a lot a lot of bases in a really friendly and loose kind of a way and um and i'm excited for what we've shared because i think that um one of the dangers that I face is that I li- I have created this world around me where every person I regularly am around has strong levels of emotional literacy. Mm-hmm. And we are able to tell each other truths and to grow together in ways that are actually stunning and mind-blowing and gorgeous to me. Like, like I cry probably once a week or once every other week because of just how grateful I am because of a situation that if we weren't emotionally literate, if we didn't have as much skills to connect in the way that we do, um, the relationships would have easily fallen apart. And I'm talking about like, like met a few people, not just one here and there. And, and we work together that way. And then one of the dangers that I face 
is that this has become something that, you know, when you, when you have some, what's that word? Like when you've mastered something, you forget how, how to talk about it at, at its basics. And I think that what's in the, what we've done in the curriculum is that we've, we've spelled out the basics in a way that kids can understand, in a way that the busiest teacher could understand, and that all that it requires is that you can read because it is written in writing, and, and that you care. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I can't think of another requirement that would be necessary. Could either of you think of any requirement that would be necessary for somebody to get a whole lot out of this um, you know, 20-piece curriculum? Well, I think, you know, if they're not familiar with Brene Brown and Gabor Mate and, you know, some of the, the links we put there in the teacher's notes, then mm -hmm. it would be useful, you know, for any parent to watch those and get um, get versed in, in how Brene Brown and, and Gabor Mate talk about um, the yeah. issues that are near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. Uh, other than that, no, I think we got it all there. We have, you know, we have a... Um, an idea for an end of year project, which I'm kind of forget uh, the, was yes! it the tree or what, I forget the what we call it. The, the leaves on the tree, but yeah. yeah, the leaves of, uh, leaves of gratitude or something where you, we, you know, make a big bulletin board that you could, you could do easily at home. You just do some brown paper, you know, twist it and make your chunks and your, your branches and then put some, uh, you know, if you want to do a fall tree, different colored, fall leaves and write the gratitude for the members of the family or, you know, green spring colors. Um, and then you can have, have that to enjoy and, and reflect on as, you know, as a project that you could do together at home. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, there's, there's quite a few other things in there that we haven't talked about. So I think it's, it's uh, I think it would be a, a really cool addition to, um, anybody's homeschooling curriculum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad. I've, I'm so proud. I, I hope that like, I hope that that tree ends up living in every single family in the world. Right. Like in every home, like leaves of appreciation stuck on a wall or on a refrigerator, on a mm -hmm. mirror, um, you know, and you could even put leaves up for yourself if you want to and for others in your family, you know, like, that's just very cool. Um, so what we can do then is I, I think based on what you just said, Amy, is um, I'll take the the links of like Brene Brown and Gabor Mate, the ones that had a lot of meaning for us and and put them into this um into this blog post, which is episode 56 at joybaseliving.com. And if you go to connectionsuperhero.com, you can get to the page that way, or just go to joybaseliving.com and click in the search bar at the bottom and write episode 56. And, and you'll find all the links and we'll put the little feed the cow posters, um, you know, that, that we've created for, uh, uh, not all of them, but some of them as samples that you can print out if you want to. Um, well, we've we've kind of traversed the mini world here 
Uh, do any, do either one of you have any, any other thoughts or do you feel complete for, for today? I feel complete. What about you, Amy? Yeah, I think, yeah, me too. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, me too. It, it, it is really good stuff. And I just want to let anybody know who might, who might've just joined in in the middle that, um, what our plan is, is that anybody who purchases the curriculum, which you can get the link at the page that I just mentioned at, at um, connectionsuperhero.com. If you purchase the curriculum, you will be the first to know about the dates that we set this summer because we want this summer to be, uh, what was the phrase? Be a connection superhero, make 2020 a summer of empowerment for you and your children. Um, and that we will have you in our parent support group at no additional cost for four weeks in a row uh, where we'll be using that time to transform the curriculum and up-level it from classroom, or not up-level it, change its, its, some of the language in it to go from Yeah, tweak classroom. it for homeschooling, yeah. Thank you for saying that in better English than I was. <laughs> Tweak it for homeschooling. Um, and and with, you, with your, you will be helping us to shape it. You'll be helping us to tweak it. And so um, we wanted your input. Um, and if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to any of us. You can reach out to us at the blog very easily. And we look forward to getting to know you. Thank you so much for being with us. And... We hope we wish you the very best summer. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Bye.